According to the Merriam-Webster Dictionary, democracy is defined as government by the people, especially the rule of the majority. There are approximately 331 million people living in the United States. Out of these 331 million citizens, one single person is chosen to represent the country as a whole. However, in America's democratic style, only 538 people elect this individual, the President of the United States. The selected 538 people make up the Electoral College, a system of voting installed as the confirmation for the presidential race. The Electoral College, to say the least, has had an important role in American government since the very founding of the United States. It's not far off, however, to say that the Electoral College has outlived its purpose, therefore causing more harm to the nation than good. With the complex nature of the American voting system, the question remains, should the Electoral College be abolished? There has been much talk in past election years about the removal of the Electoral College, but it has yet to actually happen. This age-old system is America's way of picking her president, and has been for over the past 200 years. It would be difficult to remove the Electoral College from the American presidential race, as there are arguments in favor of the system the framers of the Constitution gave us. One such reason for keeping the Electoral College is the fact that it is so drilled into the foundation of the Republic that replacing or abolishing the College would be very difficult. In Aaron Richards' article, Why We Shouldn't Scrap the Electoral College, Julie Shaw is quoted as saying, The Electoral College preserves federalism and requires a presidential candidate to win simultaneous elections across 50 states and the District of Columbia. However, this preservation of federalism is not all it's cracked up to be. The Founding Fathers, heavily influenced by Alexander Hamilton and the Federalist Party, built the American nation on strong central government, further dividing power between the state and federal governments, and effectively removing the common man from this democracy. This split is still seen today, as when it comes time to vote, citizens' votes are not as influential as the electors, all of which are selected by one of the political parties in advance. The Electoral College has also helped conclude presidential races in the past. For example, the presidential election of 2000 between George W. Bush and Al Gore. In 2000, the state of Florida requested a selective manual recount of the presidential ballots. The case, Bush versus Gore, ended with the Supreme Court ruling 5-4 to four against the recount. This also meant all 25 of Florida's electoral votes went to the Republican Party, who had George W. Bush as their candidate. This case was very controversial with many American citizens and even the Supreme Court justices who ruled for the recount to continue. As stated by the editors of Britannica, dissenting justices wrote that the recount process, while flawed, should be allowed to proceed on the grounds that constitutional protections of each vote should not be subject to a timeline. Lastly, Richard Lemper, in his article, Two Cheers for the Electoral College, Reasons Not to Abolish It, states that the other great service the Electoral College provides is to remove the incentives to rig elections. He goes on to write that it is the statewide winner and not the winner's majority that matters. This is flawed, however, because of faithless electors. Faithless electors are supposed to vote for the official candidate of the party that elected them, but they don't have to. This means an elector can swing and switch their vote from the party they are representing to the opposing party. It is these faithless electors who corrupt the electoral vote for their state, as they do not have to vote as they were told. Even though the Electoral College in the past has not seriously injured the democratic character of our system, 
the harm the Electoral College has caused to the voting system is hard to overlook. Even though the Electoral College has been fundamental in the American voting system, it remains a difficult concept to grasp for most Americans. According to a study done by the Intercollegiate Studies Institution, 43% of elected officials don't know that the Electoral College is a constitutionally mandated assembly that elects the president. Mr. Bronson Erickson also mentions in his personal interview, if one were to understand the system, the minority party does not matter. This imbalance of political power has many solutions calling for the abolishment of the Electoral College. One major solution is a nationwide popular vote. As stated by Mrs. Aubrey Kallenberger in her personal interview, if the Electoral College was abolished, it would create a more accurate representation of the people's votes. People might be more inclined to vote for presidential candidates because they might feel that their votes actually matter. CGP Gray also discusses this in his video, The Sneaky Plan to Subvert the Electoral College for the Next Election. The National Popular Vote Interstate Compact, or simply NAPAVO Interco, is a plan to use the Electoral College to avoid the Electoral College. In simpler terms, the NAPAVO Interco would use the state's electoral powers to vote for whoever they would like and remove the use of the Electoral College entirely. While this wouldn't technically remove the Electoral College, it would still effectively remove the use of the college altogether. Unfortunately, as CGP Gray says himself, the instant this popular coup occurs, states outside the compact will storm the Supreme Court, who will then be forced to deal with everyone yelling all at once about the future of how the president will be elected. The abolishing of the Electoral College would also remove presidential candidates that did not win the popular vote, but won the presidency through electoral votes. According to the National Popular Vote Incorporation, there have been five presidents in past elections who have lost the popular vote, yet won the presidency due to the Electoral College, these presidents being John Quincy Adams, Benjamin Harrison, Rutherford B. Hayes, George W. Bush, and Donald Trump. With the elimination of the Electoral College, the nationwide popular presidential candidate would become the president. The only difficulty with this is when the margin between the results is by only a few hundred votes. This incident occurred in the 2000 presidential election, which ended with Republican George W. Bush as the U.S. president. Though the Electoral College in this scenario prevented a nationwide recount, the case ruling is still controversial and negatively looked upon. Lastly, removing the Electoral College would simplify the overcomplicated system in place. The Electoral College, from an outside perspective, seems simple enough. Citizens of the U.S. vote electors to vote for this statewide winner making the electors middlemen who carry the message to nationwide results. This description makes the Electoral College seem like a body that distributes vote proportionally to the president by party. This is not the case. According to FairVote, 80% of all the votes cast in America had no impact on the outcome of recent elections. Another reason the Electoral College is so confusing is gerrymandering. As stated by Christina Greer, gerrymandering is essentially the process of giving one political party an advantage over the other by redrawing district lines. This process, named after politician Elbridge Gerry, gives political parties the ability to redraw the district lines of a state in order to gain more districts and control the state's government. As if it weren't confusing enough, gerrymandering can and has occurred during most election years. This system allows a certain party to gain more of an advantage in the Senate as well as the Electoral College. If the Electoral College were to be abolished, these very complex additives to the voting system would no longer be necessary, allowing for the people to control their votes. 
Unfortunately, even if the repeal of the Electoral College does happen and it's replaced with a popular vote, presidential candidates would still only have to campaign in certain states with large populations. This could result in many voters believing still that their votes do not matter, similar to electoral votes in place now. Even with these weaknesses, abolishing the Electoral College would allow Americans to have an actual democracy. As quoted by Mr. Dan Kallenberger, if America were to have a popular vote, then it would be a direct democracy. As defined by Abraham Lincoln, democracy is government of the people, by the people, for the people. This definition, though etched into the pages of American history, seemed to have been lost with the use of the Electoral College. This system, spelled out in any way possible, is not democratic, and the abolishing of the Electoral College has never been seen as one of the nation's top priorities. It is critical, now more than ever, that this debate be settled and the Electoral College be abolished. The election fraud, as it has been called, during the 2020 presidential race has consumed the United States and driven a deeper divide between the country. Political parties, now played almost like sports teams, have fought tooth and nail over the results for months which have now ended with Joe Biden as the next president of the United States. The Electoral College did not help the election process at all, but instead had senators fighting against U.S. citizens' votes. The Electoral College, whether you're for it or against it, has failed to continue its original purpose. Now is the time to abolish the Electoral College and allow America to be the democratic nation it has always claimed to be.